Recovery Radio, KMP3, Thousand Oaks. Ah, yes. listening to the recovery radio podcast on kmp3 i am a member of alcoholics anonymous and i will be your host you can email me at sarcasticbigbook at gmail Instagram at sarcastic.aa.book And as always, so glad you're here with me. Don't know if your day is just getting started or it's winding down or it's somewhere right in the middle, but here we are and I'm glad. Grateful I have no desire to drink today. My daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of my spiritual condition, and that is it. So, happy to be here. I have my piping hot cup of French roast coffee with me. Put a little cinnamon in it. Scratch me right where I itch. Do you have a libation? You should get one. You should get get something, a beverage of some kind, if you don't already have one. I'll wait for you. So we could do this together. Let's sit around and uh, have coffee or tea or something together. Some kind of celebratory beverage. Oh my gosh, I woke up in such a great mood. It's very foggy where I am. I just love it. I wanted to jump right into things today, and I wanted to talk about something that I learned in my first year of sobriety that helped me tremendously. It was a big pivotal point. I think I probably mentioned it on here a long time ago, but I want to use this story as a springboard for what I talk about today. So many years ago, I was at work and the boss's wife was also an employee and ran half of the store and was not friendly, not kind, very clear, controlling motives, very difficult, challenging personality. And nobody liked her. Nobody said anything good about her. I didn't like her. I didn't say anything good about her either. 
And um, she's really mean. And one day, I was standing behind the front counter of this place. And I was next to a handful of other employees. And I was watching the boss's wife. She was putting sunglasses on a sunglasses display. And she was on the other side of it. So none of the employees could see that she was standing there. But I had a clear vision of her. I was watching her. And I was looking at her. And as I was looking at her, one of the employees said, um, and something really insulting about her, so-and-so is such a bitch. And everybody chimed in, oh, she is, absolutely. And I was watching the person they were talking about. This mean, defensive, unpleasant personality. And I'll never forget it when the employee said the word, bitch. It looked like a knife hitting her heart. And she, for some reason, the, the villain I had her painted to be in my mind was going to jump out and say, I heard that and no, I'm not. And you are. And, you know, that was that was where I was at. But she didn't do that. She looked like she was deeply injured and she frantically kind of finished putting the sunglasses away and then she left. And nobody ever knew she was there except me. And for some reason, what I started to visualize that was so transformative, such a pivotal point in my sobriety, was this. I imagined that woman getting ready for work in the morning, looking in the mirror, fixing her hair, putting on makeup and the absurdity of the thought that she would be doing that and looking at herself and saying to herself, I really hope that I go to work and somebody calls me a bitch and everybody thinks I'm a bitch. I really hope that. And she's putting on makeup. That's really what I want. You know, she's applying eyeshadow saying, I really just want to be a bitch. I realized how absurd that was and how that was not reality. And what came with that realization is that that's not the reality for anybody. I don't think. Not in their heart of hearts. If you're thinking there's some people who like to be mean and all that and all that, I'm not talking about, that's, I think, I'm talking about in people's heart of hearts. I don't believe anybody wants 
I don't think anybody, and where I'm going with this is, nobody wants to be on your four-step. You know, maybe your husband's on your four-step, or maybe your boyfriend, or maybe your wife, or your partner, or your girlfriend, or... They don't want to be on your four-step. If they could do better, they would. Who are we to judge anyone? That really changed me when I saw that. I thought, oh my gosh, nobody wants to be in my four-step. I don't want to be in anybody's four-step. And I considered myself a real hellion, and I took pride in my venomous tongue and and all that stuff for years. I used my intelligence without love and was just mean. And I still could do that. And I don't want to. But I was thinking, I don't want to be on anybody's four-step. Not really. And it was, it was a real epiphany for me. That nobody wants to be on my four-step. And I have learned from countless inventories that my character defects never, ever, ever come from love. My character defects never are the result of my thinking of you. My character defects, 100% of the time, come as a result of my thinking about myself. Fear of some kind is at the bottom. 100% of the time. So what I always want to do, used to want to do, don't want to do this anymore. It's still tempting to do sometimes, and still sometimes I do it. So it's just not as commonplace as it was before, but what you normally want to do when somebody comes at you with some kind of character defect is is respond with a character defect. For example, if somebody's being judgmental or intolerant, a lot of times the knee-jerk reaction is to be judgmental of them and intolerant of them. Oh my God, that person's so judgmental. Oh my God, that person's so intolerant, I can't stand them. <laughs> In other words, you want to greet fear with more fear. But it's so comforting to know that we're just lightning rods for everybody's character defects. And it's not personal. Unless it's an act of love, I just know it's not personal. I know that from countless inventories and countless experiences that I, they're beyond the scope of language. So nobody wants to be 
on your fourth step. They're on your fourth step because they're acting out of fear. You know, if, if, if they have legitimately done something. Sometimes resentments are just completely made up nonsense. A lot of times that's true, but sometimes somebody's really wrongdoer, they're really annoying, or they're really frustrating, or they're really difficult. And it was a huge awakening for me to see that woman be hurt by that comment and really make real that she's spiritually sick. And that nobody wanted to be on my four-step. And it made me a lot more compassionate towards her. Changed my relationship with her forever. It was never, never after that. I knew her for, I still know her. And that was 30 years ago. But it changed how I spoke to her, how I thought about her, how I interact with her. I was, I felt driven to be gentle and kind and loving to her in a whole new way I had never experienced. All because I saw somebody insult her and I saw the look on her face and I felt her soul get punched. And I had this awareness that she was doing the best she could. And I don't know what it's like. I don't know what she's been through. I didn't know anything about her. She wasn't real. She was just a speed bump to my selfishness. And that's it. I did not take any effort to get out of self and be there for her in any significant way, human to human. And I started to do that. And I started to get to know her. I started to ask her questions. That's how I started treating her differently. Normally I would just, you're not in person, you're just an annoying entity that bothers me, that's going to have me do tasks that I don't feel like doing because I'd rather take the delivery car out and go to Wendy's and then sit in the parking lot and smoke a cigarette. So you're annoying. You're a speed bump to my selfishness. <laughs> I have to put all that stuff off and appease you. But after that day, I started to treat her differently. I looked at her differently. It wasn't contrary action. It was, I looked at her differently. I felt differently about her. I felt bad for her. And it was clear to me that it was not God's will that I bashed her, put her down, made her life harder, contributed to the meanness. I started to feel, you know what? God's my employer. Maybe one of the reasons I'm here is so I could. What would, what would God have me do? 
God would probably have me do what I could to make her look better. Instead of worse. So I started talking to her. I started asking her about her life. I started asking her if she wanted anything. I started volunteering to help her out. She was still hard to deal with. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't like we were fast friends all of a sudden. But I can tell you that my consistent effort at this changed her somewhat as well. I felt and saw her heart open over time. And years later, I don't remember ever being annoyed by her. She actually is a very sweet, tender person. And to me, this is an excellent centerpiece of recovery, this notion. It's always relevant. Practically, all the problems that I've ever had, all the troubles I've ever had involve, you know, personal interaction, dealing with people, dealing with being wronged, mistreated, talked to poorly. I mean, so many of the troubles in life are made up of things like that. And this puts a light on all of that that changes the whole experience. It's part of why I woke up in an incredible mood. Because of my deep knowledge of what I'm talking about. That nothing except love is personal. Don't take it personally. And nobody wants to be on your four-step. You could be nicer to them. That was a real amazing thing to learn. I was capable of actually... Well, ultimately God did for me what I could not do for myself, is how I feel about it. That's the experience that I had. That was the part of the experience I had was that it was a higher power. Working in my life, showing me something. And then I followed up that grace by unselfish, constructive action towards that person. I didn't just say, oh, cool, I feel differently now. The feeling differently motivated me to behave differently. And I'll go so far as to say is, I, to me, this is a huge point of all of the steps, all of the prayer, all the meditation, all the recovery, the sponsor, the meetings, the fellowship, the book, all of it. 
all of that work should show up right here. Otherwise, I don't understand what any of it's for. And I expanded this experience past this woman. I started to ask questions, get to know people that I didn't like. What I realized was a lot of the reason I didn't like people is because I didn't know them. And it started to really change my sobriety and my life. So chances are good there's people right now you're having a hard time with. Maybe this helps. We're so nice to babies and toddlers. At some point, we just start treating each other poorly. I don't know exactly when that happens. But none of us really know what the hell we're doing. So be nice. I want to give a shout out to Happy Joyous and Three and the Black Rhinos International Big Book Study. I want to give a shout out to um, the Anonymous Podcast. Podcast Greater Than Yourself. Sober Gratitudes podcast. I want to thank Trader Joe's for making French roast coffee so exquisitely. And uh, yeah, I know I spent a lot, long time in my life feeling like things were not okay and things were collapsing and falling apart and things were not manageable and not okay not going to be okay and for that reason since I now know otherwise I will say it for anybody who needs to hear it everything is okay everything is okay I have to run now because I'm doing a maple syrup ad where they want to put it on my body. So I'm real super shiny. And they want me to stand on top of a, I forget what sports car, I think it's a Lambo. They want me to stand on top of it with this maple syrup all over me and I forget what the tagline is something about flapjacks I don't know but I'll leave it alone
<laughs> Follow me on Instagram at sarcastic.aa.book. <laughs> or go to my BeachBod account, which is um, <laughs> BeachBod29, because everybody comes up to me on the street and says, Are you 29? Because you look it. I'm like, Fool, I look much younger than that, but I'll take it. All right, I really got to stop. Have a great everything. We have it so good. I try to act like I do. So on that note, I am now going to go try to live a life that was worth saving. And I hope you'll do the same.